Welcome to the podcast that is everything and anything that pops into my stupid little Gen X head, and we're going to talk about it at length. That's right, it's the Big Dad Show. Welcome to the Big Dad Show. That's right. Welcome back to the Big Dad Show. I am the Big Dad, and I was really—it was really cool this week to uh, to see that we still maintained not as quiet, not as quite as high a, a viewership as we had in the past when we, you know, before we made the change from thrifting with you know the adventures and thrifting to to the Big Dad Show. And uh, but it's still cool. Uh, I mean, our highest episode is seventy-five, uh, and that was a really interesting. Episode. So it was really great to see some of you um, stick around with us and uh, make this change with us. And we're hoping as we go forward, we can uh, put out some really great uh, episodes. We can really do some cool stuff. So today I want to talk about something because, you know, I bill myself as being this uh, Gen X hot mess. And uh, that is more true than I could even express, I think. Um, but uh, so, you know, uh, I'm sure right now almost everybody knows what Gen- Generation X is, why, you know, why we feel like we are what the way that we are. I mean, the generational wars uh, have been, <coughs> excuse me, have been really, 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 um, you know, really talked about on uh, social media and everything. So I don't feel like I need to re-explain, you know, all of that. We'll talk about what all that is again. But one of the things that I did want to talk about when it comes to Generation X, um, Generation X has the dubious distinction of being the first generation generational cohort that is worse off financially than the generation before them. Um, I mean, even the generation uh, that the Depression fell on were technically still better off than the generation before them um, in terms of overall overall uh, economic growth and all of that. I mean, you, you still had some of the greatest inventions and um, innovations happening all at that same juncture in history. So, but when it came to Generation X, we came into our own, the earliest of our generation, came into our own in the beginning of the 80s with the economic boom of the 80s. But that economic boom came with a price and it was the crash. Um, And our our economy has never quite regained that um, amazing resilience of the 80s and and um i was a child in the 80s so uh you know i'm part of late generation x i was born in 76 near the tail end of what uh the you know what was uh, that generational cohort you know we those of us born in the late 70s by the time that the 90s hit when we came into our own um 
we were already starting to see the economic slide. Um, I mean, <laughs> I love the way that a few people talk about it, but one of the things that you absolutely have to uh, admit to is that you can't you can't stay high all the time. I mean, you you just can't. And and so when the '80s crashed, uh, Generation X. Uh, was left with a couple of problems and the first problem was that we had been raised by ourselves or or older generation xers some of the uh young generation x their older brothers and sisters and cousins had contributed mightily to their raising they called us the latchkey generation they called us the mtv generation uh I personally prefer the Oregon Trail generation. That's <laughs> my favorite. But anyway, um, but one of the things that as we approach middle age, uh, at, at least for me, um, and, and a lot of the articles that I read for this for this episode mention it as well, is that most of us didn't think that we were going to get here. Uh, middle age, I mean, uh, we didn't believe that we were going to make it to here we thought <clears throat> we thought that um, the Russians would uh, take over the country oh wait um, that we thought that um, AIDS would kill us all off which luckily luckily we've made strides in uh, in uh, research when it comes to you know comes to AIDS research and, and things like that. Um, but for some of us um, who who really had developed a sense of nihilism, I I am one who, as I approached my thirties, was uh, pleasantly surprised every day that I woke up. Pleasantly surprised. Um, when um, suspiciously surprised I shouldn't say pleasantly surprised I should say uh, suspiciously surprised Uh, and um, you you know we, we, we as a generation developed that sense of nihilism that sense of well shit I have to do it myself Um, I'm probably not going to get there and for most of us, for most of us, um, there is a phenomenon that a lot of Gen Xers um, have experienced, and uh, they call it, you know, if you've heard of the glass ceiling, like women couldn't go above the glass ceiling because, you know, they wore skirts and you can see right up their, 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 their uh, skirts and see their underwear or, you know, whatever they were wearing. Um, but the thing that a lot of generation, a lot of a lot of generation X, have experienced, and uh, like the glass ceiling, it is called the paper ceiling, and um, that is the highest level you can go without having a degree. Um, now, many many of us in Generation X do have useless degrees, um, and we. You know, but but there's this level that we have reached that the the highest level of paper that we own 
that we have keeps us from rising to the highest, the, to the next level up. Oh, I just knocked a bunch of crap off my desk. Congratulations. You just heard that. Um, and, um, you know, I've been to, to the university. I mentioned it on this program before uh, and on the previous incarnation of uh, Big Dad Show. I have indeed been to university. I did not get my degree. Um, of course, my degree was in religion and philosophy. Uh, I wanted to be a minister at the time. And so um, that seemed the best way to me to get there. Um, it's a useless degree in the real world if you're not going to be a pastor. Uh, you can use it for your podcast, I guess. But uh, for anything else in the real world, no, you can't use it. Uh, but anyway, so there's an article in CS- CNBC from 2020 that I want to talk about today. Uh, when it talks to when it talks about Generation X and uh, personal concerns about an uncertain future, is published in May 15th, uh, 2020, mid pandemic. And so in it, they're talking about how well they call us the the sandwich generation, which is really interesting, sandwiched between kids and aging parents, mid, generally mid career. And if if my syntax elocution sounds a little weird today i have a broken tooth and it has uh the sharp edge of the tooth has made my tongue swell up so i am having to uh over elocute to keep from sounding like daffy duck anyway so anyway so it talks about in this in this article how they started um they started talking to Generation Xers about um, economic anxiety and um, about how to get get past this. Uh, you know, like one expert um, says to shift away the noise and just pause and take a look at where you are. You know, have a plan, all of those things. But you know, the thing about it is, though, is like having a plan is not really Generation X is strong suit i've never known well i know a few of my gen xer friends and family who are pretty good at sticking to plans um but for the most of us i would be willing to wager that the majority of us are really good at flying by the seat of our pants you know uh, shifting and what do the marines say adapt and conquer uh adapt improvise and conquer that's i think that should be the mantra of the of the true generation x or especially late generation x excuse me you know we we make plans make plans sure go ahead but be ready for the plans to crumble and uh, to have to improvise and uh I think it's funny that I'm reading through this article and it's talking about how, um, you know, there's all this uh, uncertainty when it comes to, especially the pandemic two years ago, you know, we were, they were trying to get restarted and try to get reopened and politicians and business leaders are pushing for that. Um, and, and some of us, some of us in generation X were like, um, you know, I've seen this movie and uh, it doesn't turn out real great. So why don't we just chill out, 
wait. You know, don't go out into the mist, guys. There's fucking dinosaurs out there. <clears throat> Which, by the way, uh, in the second section of this uh, today's episode, we're gonna talk about that movie. Um, but. Uh, you know, so in the article, it's talking about a police officer who um, he's thinking about retiring because, um, you know, he's he's um, nervous about the future, and um, he's he's been twenty. He he can retire after twenty five, and he's served twenty six. Um, You know, he, uh, you know, he's just ready to get out of public service, which is cool, you know, uh, talking about boutique owners who, you know, do media production and, uh, it's down, you know, business is down from the pandemic. How do you pivot? And, um, there's deep concern. She says that my company will never be the same. Um, it's not a worry because my talent is not being stripped away from me. Just kind of going back to the drawing board. Yeah, it's like, and that's, that's our, I mean, that's our whole thing. Like, like Generation X does that whole thing. Like, we just pivot. Like, okay. Uh, you know, you know, we were the, we are the generation that was most, that our parents were most divorced. Uh, you know, the generation of two single working parents. A generation of two parents at home where both of them were working you get your ass off the school bus and you go in and you make some pop you know make some um pizza rolls and you do your homework and you watch mtv and then if your mom's still not home by eight you know she probably had a date go to bed or stay up watch tv on showtime all the way to one in the morning when the titty commercials come on i mean that's what we do we just do that and i think i think right now in terms of in terms of where we're at as far as this um, this pandemic or this economic thing, I think we're at, it's about 12 o'clock and the titty commercials have come on. And, you know, societally. And uh, they're about to turn the channel off. And, um, you know, because back, back in the 90s, they actually would turn the channel off about one in the morning. You know, right after Bambi let you know she she would be you know be willing to you know talk to you for two ninety nine a minute on one nine hundred Bambi or, or whatever, and I think that's where we're at. I think we're at the titty commercials and we're almost to the to the flag waving and reveille or uh, taps. It's taps. Sorry, end of watch. I mean, I think economically economically and 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 you know what it's 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 funny that i'm saying it uh from this end because i keep think th- keep thinking to myself yeah but you've thought that your entire life you've waited for that your entire life you've been watching this in your entire life just like some of uh you know well you know what i don't want to make that comment but anyway and and i think i think i just keep we just keep watching we just keep watching and we're watching and um you're just watching and waiting for um for the next for the next uh the next attack for the next for the next thing but i think i think i think we're at the titty commercials man i think i think this is all about to wrap up and they're gonna blow the taps and turn the channel off the article goes on to talk about one of the things that bothers generation x is 
lack of childcare. Um, and that is in as is a huge issue uh, for for us, especially um, older millennials who who um, have to work. And let's be clear. Let's be clear. It's no longer in our society. It is no longer acceptable for one parent to stay home and one parent to go to work. That that doesn't work. It will not work. Um, you have to you have to have two two parents working um, if you're going to make ends meet. Um, even though we would like you know some of us would like to have a more traditional home as it's perceived and people can you know the mom can stay home and the dad goes to work you know if that's your religious conservatism whatever but it's not possible that is not possible not unless somebody makes six figures and with wages stagnating and companies trying desperately to make more profit than they deserve you're not you're not going to get that it's absolutely not going to happen so um you know, uh, childcare is an issue. Um, we no longer can just turn our kids loose and give them a key around their neck and say, "Hey, go make a peanut butter and jelly and play Nintendo." Uh, we were raised that way, and some of us will be damned if we're going to raise our children that way. And so that, but the thing about childcare is sometimes the childcare is so expensive that it costs almost as much as you make. To get the childcare, so it's almost not even worth it. Article goes on to talk about that one of the things. Oh, you know, no, wait, that's the end of the article. Neat. Um, ouch. Anyway, so I mean, so that really is the the uh, you know those things. Um, a lot of anxiety when it comes to to being a Generation Xer these days, and um, you know the boomers, uh, a lot of the boomers that are above us that are pushing, you know, pushing, um, you know, from sixty up. Um, you, you know, they they are um, refusing to to go quietly into the night, but they can't though. They can't. They've they made such a mess of our world and we've squandered and fiddled away all of our retirement that they can't they can't um, retire they have to keep going until their 70s you know they they you know they squandered away and, and, and voted away all of the things that made it cool to retire and um, there's just nothing left for just nothing left for us for them and so they have to keep working it's it's uh i mean unfortunately it's just the way that it is um and and it's funny that we have this dichotomic dichotomic thought about you know as a gen as generation x we are, we are caught um between two two thoughts um you know um this conservative, you know, left wing, left wing, right wing, conservative, liberal, uh, religious, non-religious, um, or secular. I like that word better. You know, these ideas. Were, but Generation X is caught 
dead in the middle of that because we were the least religious of our of all of our generational cohorts. Um, we were the least um, spiritual of all of our religious cohorts. You know, um, the the boomers and their hippie movement. Um, you know, it it was it was something, and we just didn't interact with the spiritual. Uh, the way that they did and I'm not blaming anyone it just wasn't in our nature to to interact with it like that and so even those of us in this generation I would dare say who are who are religious they are not spiritual because there's a way different thing between faith and religion and spiritualism and religion and that's an episode for an entirely different time but those of us who are uh, who, who, who those of us in the in generation X who are very religious I would be willing to bet you that in their deepest darkest secret heart of hearts they are not very spiritual they're regimentally religious they believe it only as far as only as far as uh, face value, um, and I know that because uh, be- because there was this. Okay, so like I said, I was born in '76, and by the '90s, when I was a teenager, uh, by the, by the '90s when I was a teenager, I was 14 in 1990. Um, there are all these great, great movements created um, by older generation X and um, you, you know all these older older you know really great movements grunge movement uh, all these different things going on and like in Seattle and, and you know in LA during the 80s uh, hair metal thing and you know all of the, all of this all of this stuff all these really great movements this new swing movement and all of those things they're created by older generation older generation X and where I lived in the suburbs there were very few what I would consider to be the working class in, in the high school that I went to I mean there were a few of us that were working class and the the idea of the grunge movement really like resonated with us because that's what they were they were just working class musicians from Seattle putting out this really like kick-ass music that resonated with other working class people but there were very few of those what it really was what, what unfortunately what really is is that in the suburbs where most of America actually lives uh, in the suburbs something gets going and it's cool and you go with the flow not because you think it's that cool but other people think it's that cool so you go with the flow and that is I think how Generation X uh, got to be at this place a lot of us not all of us some of us are true believers some of us believe uh, I'm one that latched onto the grunge idea and I believed um, and then I was very religious for a while like I said I wanted to be a minister I was studying religion 
but I was not in the slightest bit spiritual at all. Like um, my my sense of hubris and um, nihilism refuses to allow me to believe in a higher deity that is all knowing, all seeing, uh, and all caring, and all all of those things. Uh, I've seen what I've seen what this deity has done to the world, and uh, I, just, I don't always like it. So, um, but religion is a different thing. Religion is different than faith. Religion is different than spirituality. Religion is rigid and uh, regimented, and you can lose yourself in the rules. And that's what I'm saying. A ton of people uh, are not spiritual in the slightest. They are reg- regimented in their thinking about um, about about faith and uh, religion, and that's where they're at. So, anyway, um, that's. Uh, part one of uh, a, a talk about Generation X and some of the the things that we have co- going on. I'm gonna switch gears when I come back. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm gonna switch gears when I come back, and we're gonna talk about uh, a movie that I've read this short story, and uh, we finally watched the movie, and that's Stephen King's The Mist. Uh, hang on a minute, and we'll be right back. This is the Big Dead Show. It's the Big Dad. You want to know what's going on in the Big Dad's world? Just follow us over on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, it's at the Big Dad Show, both on both of those platforms on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, if you want to follow me personally, find out what's going on in my own personal little uh, Big Dad world. It's at uh, His Grunge Majesty on Instagram. I don't have my own private Twitter because I, I have a hard time ha- keeping up with the show's Twitter. So anyway, just follow us over there at the Big Dad Show on Instagram, Twitter, and then at His Grunge Majesty on Instagram. Well, we'll be happy to share with you all the shit that's going on in our lives and uh, make you feel welcome. Welcome back to part two of uh, November 13th episode of The Big Dead Show. Uh, after that long uh, rant about issues with Generation X, um, I had to get a giant coffee slurp and move on. So um, over the weekend, uh, yesterday, um, as a matter of fact, I got the chance to watch um, Stephen King's The Mist. Man, what a great film. You know what I love the best about Stephen King is that Mr. King has a such a a Hemingway approach to certain things now the the short story has a way different ending um so before that let's back up rewind it so the mist is about um an artist who goes back home to his uh summer home uh to work Apparently, he works for the, um, well, in the movie, he works uh, for movies, making tri- uh, making uh, film art or whatever. So, at the beginning of the film, a, um, a freak storm has uh, ravaged the little town that he uh, he's around. And, like, it started all off, the boathouse gets smashed, and a tree goes through the window, and then he and his neighbor have a, you know, they're, they're, well, anyway, they, they notice this 
strange mist coming down the mountain. And up on top of the mountain, they just happen to mention, is a uh, military uh, military research installation. And now, one of Stephen King's um, ongoing uh, memes or uh, uh, tropes in his, in his work is um, screw-ups by the military. And so... Um, so in this, they begin to notice the strange mist coming down from the mountain. They think maybe it, you know, something like generator or something blew up on the base and whatever. Uh, so, so the main character David goes into town, and suddenly they're trapped inside the supermarket as the mist envelops the town, and something starts killing these creatures, uh, these humans, uh, um, from inside the mist. They try to escape, uh, and something kills some of them. The, but the best part about it is this is this. There's a lot of really great actors in the cast, um, but one of them, uh, Marsha Gay Harden, she plays um, a woman who suddenly gets um, a religious fervor. Uh, she sees the the deaths as being uh, Armageddon. The end of days, she calls it, and um, she builds a religious cult. Quickly builds a religious cult uh, of the members of this, you know, these these neighbors who are stuck inside, um, stuck inside the um, the supermarket together, uh, and it, it just builds with with each with each turn, uh, each tense turn, um, the you know, the, they ramp up the level of uh, of suspense, and there's just enough gore to keep you keep you keep you hooked. And this nutso character just ramps up her religious fervor. And as you know, as it, as she, as she preaches to her new flock, um, it it uh, reminds me several times of my upbringing in Pentecostal uh, Christianity, you know, the religious, the uh, zealot-like fervor of, of this character, and uh, uh, so anyway, so the, they, they battle these monsters, they decide to make a run for it, um, they have to fight the cult members, and uh, one of the, one of the, one of the characters has to kill this this prophetess shoots her right in her head in a very uh, gratifying scene. I'm sure that some of so many of us who have left the church uh, for whatever reason uh, inside of our heads have had to shoot the uh, you know the religious fervor not not the not the leader but their religious fervor had to shoot them the same way. And uh, um. And it's got a very Hemingway ending, and I won't spoil it. Uh, you know, if you've, it's older, so I'm sure a lot of my a lot of my listeners have heard, have watched it. But it's it was just such a great film, and I think I think right now we're very apt for how I feel about where we're at in our history here. Such a great film. So if you haven't had a chance to see it, I suggest you see it. It's streaming now on Netflix, I think. I think that's where we, where we watched it. I'd say go out to your local Blockbuster and get it, but <laughs> there's no more Blockbuster. Um, anyway, 
So that's our show for today. A little bit of a rant about Generation X Part One, and then we're gonna then we talked about the Mist Part Two, and now I'm gonna get out of here and let you uh, let you enjoy your Sunday. Thanks so much for for tuning in. This is the Big Dad Show. This is the Big Dad Show. Big Dad Show is brought to you each week by Big Dad Entertainment and Weeping Rose Productions. It is produced by myself, Will King. Uh, edited by uh, one of our super loyal and super amazing children, uh, who knows which one. And it is brought to you every Sunday uh, through the Anchor app, uh, which is uh, part of the Spotify network now. And uh, you can find it anywhere that you get your uh, your podcast. We we've got them all. We got it on a ton of platforms. So just. Tune in, search for The Big Dead Show, and uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram, also at The Big Dead Show. Um, we're just now getting our, our social media up and going and trying to learn all that stuff. So just follow us and you know, give us a chance, follow us, and uh, we will be with back with you next week uh, at the same time on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Have a great day. Enjoy your football. This is The Big Dead Show. <music>